I'm not gonna. All right, it. let's do this. Living in a science. <laughs> As I was saying, the reason I wanted you to see if you could make it so our buttons can engage, pick up where it left off instead of cycling, is so that it screws over all the people who skip our intro, <laughs> and now it's like they can't do. If it's already halfway through, the thirty-second skip is like over. Decisions about what they do. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we use science to, to prolong life and increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Are we going to use it constructively? It'll be up to you and you too. I mean, I've got two classics that <laughs> soon to become classics, really, because I hadn't heard them before. Okay. Like I said, we got... So you're not, they're not re, they're not uh, classic, jokes that you classics. have done before I don't, on the show. I, I <laughs> never know that. <laughs> you would remember just as much as I would, because neither of us listen back or remember anything we say. So why isn't holy water used in the COVID vaccines? I don't know. We can't take the Lord's name in vain. Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) in the same vein, why do do vampires sneak their vampire kids into coma wards at the hospitals? There's a lot of moving parts to that one, so I don't know. Well, it's very important for those kids to eat their vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) i think we're allowed to say vegetable anymore (laughs) i don't think so i think although i I don't think that was in a community (laughs) i guess of all the groups you don't want to offend they're gonna cause you the least amount of problems that that deaf people when it comes to podcasts (laughs) Uh, how are you mark uh better each day as my ankle is improving i'm now cleared for 100 percent load bearing on my foot weight weight bearing so uh i walk with a cane in my boot the boot isn't they're, they're not as concerned about breaking the bone anymore. It's about uh, having a uh, sturdy, a, uh, yeah, strain uh, or a sprain of my ankle because these muscles haven't been used in three and a half months. Wow. And so uh, I'm very wobbly. And so I use the boot so that I don't twist my ankle sure, and, and sure. do all this stuff. So I, I've been taking the bus to work and uh, I get very exhausted by the end of the day. Where is your office now? Uh, 61st and Belmont. There's a hospital at the base of Mount Hood. Mount- <laughs> wow. None of the things I'm that I just further said. further out than I thought since an, you moved. <laughs> an, old, an old hospital at the base of Mount Tabor okay. in Portland. And uh, half of the hospital is a rehab facility for uh, physical rehab. And the other half is uh office offices and so we have an office 
just uh, just below the surgery center upstairs, which is a different office. Weird. And, and it's it's really cool little space. So huh. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. Come and visit us. You every couple of years, I get to come see your new office. Yeah, which is so, fun because <laughs> you're always in a different place. Well, th- the last office we had, yeah. we leased a. Two weeks before lockdown, yeah. And so we we really worked in there for about a week, and been paying the rent, end. yeah, been paying rent ever since. And uh, and it happened to be across the street from one of the COVID centers for the homeless, and so it was uh, chaotic at best. Uh, <laughs> Some might describe it, was, it as a ground zero of yeah, sorts. It was terrible. Wow, that stinks. Yeah literally um <laughs> it really did stink well before we get into any news stories i do want to give a shout out to uh dave baylor and the not nerd podcast because so my old computer which is what i used as an interface for my ipod shuffle has i've i've completely written it off now i have no longer been able to get it to pop back uh into being operable but dave uh found me a solution um, because there is a version of iTunes that can interface with my shuffle, but it's not the newest one, the newest iTunes where they split it out into like yeah. the three things. And so he found a version that is new or it works fine on my new computer. It was just too old to have that be the default or whatever. Right. And so I'm very happy now that I have a place to click my resume after pause for my, but then I was, I've been housing it again, sitting again and they have it's the place with the hot tub lap pool and the other night when i was slipping into the hot tub the 104 degree uh hot tub listening to my podcast i then realized that i had my shuffle on my belt on the on this side of my uh, bathing suit or whatever as i walked out there just like got into the hot tub and i'm like isn't this nice to be able to listen to but I took it, I grabbed it out of it, it was only in there a couple yeah. seconds and I just set it down for a while and it works flawlessly <laughs> still. So they're like the Nokia phones yeah. of MP3 players, those little things. So yes, thanks again to Dave Baylor for uh, <laughs> helping me stay tethered to the past. Dave's still always coming through. How Thank he you, is, yes. Anyway, well, heading to space, if you didn't have anything else before, uh, before we got into some news. No. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm just hey, look. You were in a, a soft reboot there. I, 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 no, I was preparing to be angry <laughs> okay. at at Jeff Bezos's comments. Well, oh, I, I I wasn't gonna get into that, and this will maybe make you feel a little bit better because who counts as an astronaut? Not Jeff Bezos. Say new U.S. rules. So the FAA has <laughs> tightened its rules about how it awards astronaut wings to those riding on private space flights, making it harder to become an official commercial astronaut. So. They did this, I believe, like on the day that he went <laughs> into space. So FAA uh, astronaut wing. So in the United States, there are three agencies that designate people as astronauts. So we had the U.S. military uh, and Space Force, NASA, and the FAA. So the first two give their wings to their own employees, the military and NASA. The only way to be recognized as an astronaut after a commercial space uh, on a commercial spacecraft is to be awarded wings from the FAA. Uh, and that doesn't come with any privileges or anything other than, I guess, having bragging that. rights. The, yes, bragging rights. That's literally what it says. Sense. Beyond bragging rights. They get the little thing like they get from pilots when you're a kid. You get the little wings to put on your. <laughs> I, 
I have multiple wings from from going up to the cockpit during flights as a child, back when you could do that. <laughs> Pocket full of knives <laughs> that they never checked getting on the plane. Totally. Just a small explosive. <laughs> and literally, as a seven-year-old in the 70s, I could have had explosives from oh, yeah, oh, totally. cap guns and stuff. The chemistry <laughs> sets that they... Just I, all uranium. <laughs> Uh, so the FAA uh, gives out its wings, and in order to for them to give you, the, an astronaut must be employed in the company performing the launch. Uh, so Jeff Bezos would qualify for that, um, but passengers on his spacecrafts or whoever's spacecraft wouldn't since they don't work for the company. They must also go through uh, FAA certification training for an astronaut and fly higher than 80 kilometers. But they also must have, quote, demonstrated activities during the flight that were essential to public safety or contributed to human spaceflight safety. And that was the new order hmm. providing the guidelines. So it there's no specific, you know, demonstrating activities during flight that were essential to public safety. Like there's no real way to prove that, but it's basically like unless you're doing something to fly it or get it back to Earth safely or... You were just a passenger. Um, you were just a passenger, yeah. So the blah, blah, blah. So he will not be getting his, his little tiny astronaut wings. So. What about um, the other guy, Branson? Branson. I think the same thing would would, um, would <laughs> but, apply. But his uh, he, he did his nine days before the, that rule oh, came out. Oh, did he go through the FAA or is he British, doing British things? Oh, he could be... British doing the British things. Yeah, so maybe he doesn't count then. It was says, so will passengers on the recent recent Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin flights be considered astronauts? Um, on 20 July, the Blue Origin flight, the spacecraft was entirely controlled from the ground, not by Bezos or the other three passengers, so they were just riders. Um, so they don't get it. It doesn't say, it doesn't mention the Virgin Atlantic one, but oh, anyway, so that's funny. Well, this is an interesting art news concerning the Louvre, which we, mm. of course, always, you'll hear it first on the Marketing Podcast yeah. when it comes we to love the Louvre. Louvre news, as we call that beloved segment. <laughs> but the Louvre has called in lawyers over Pornhub's hardcore reenactments. <laughs> so classic masterpieces from Europe's top museums are being recreated by porn stars who bring them to life. So each recreation is... <laughs> performed by actors in a troupe called My Sweet Apple, but European museum directors aren't so sure they want their precious masterpieces to be exploited, especially when they can charge more noble entities thousands to license the artwork. So this is basically, um, and sometimes you'll see that in like regular TV commercials too, like the, um, like a Van Gogh painting, but come to life or, or whatever. And usually you have to, I guess which is interesting, those must not have ever fallen into public domain. Like, I guess you can't just... Correct. Yeah, you can't. Print your own Van Gogh, which seems weird. Right. Because then all those museums and estates work? have the rights to that. And yeah, it's I don't more know. than 30 years after the death of the artist. <laughs> yeah, out of Da Vinci. <laughs> but yes, there's a little group doing this, and so the... Um, Blah, blah, blah. So they're suing for copy. The Louvre is suing for copyright. And, and there's a bunch of other uh, well-known museums in England, too, that are like, um, 
no, <laughs> you can't, no. can't do that. So, so the best thing about my sweet apple is their logo. Oh no. <laughs> so <laughs> it looks like if you've ever seen like on the side of the um, Washington apple trucks, like the, the stencil of the apple or whatever, but right. then the, <laughs> that apple has a G string, a G string, which just is tasteful. It's just, <laughs> yeah, there's, it's just blacked out. There's nothing actually there. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> It's not lewd, it's uh, suggestive. It's not lewd, it's the Louvre. That's our <laughs> new that's our new slogan. So yeah, anyway, I thought I, I thought that was a, kind of a funny story. Um, well, in good news, Canada is finally opening its borders to Americans beginning on August 9. So fully vaccinated citizens and permanent residents of the United States currently residing in the U.S. will be permitted to enter Canada. Non-essential travel into Canada has been banned since March of 2020. International travelers um, must also be allowed to enter Canada beginning September 7. So um, blah, blah, blah. After fully vaccinated American citizens and permanent residents must have received the full series of vac- uh, vaccines accepted by the Canadian government at least 14 days prior to entering Canada. So other vaccines, including those from China or Russia, will not be recognized. So um, you need to provide proof that you have been vaccinated what is that called mark um that is called a path that is called tyranny you are right (laughs) i was not going hard enough because that is a passport vaccine or a vaccine passport or whatever i'm supposed to be so upset about but you're right tyranny travelers must provide proof of tyranny in order to get into canada So unvaccinated minors younger than 12 entering Canada with vaccinated parents or guardians will not have to quarantine for 40 for 14 days. They will not have to. So fully vaccinated travelers will not need a post arrival test unless they have been randomly selected to complete a COVID-19 molecular test. So regardless of vaccinated status, all travelers coming to Canada will need a negative PCR test or something else within 27 hours or 27, 72 hours of requesting entry. So things slowly opening up, but now I'm, I just don't know how to feel anymore. And I believe, and and I don't mean that like I could feel happy or sad about this but i just don't think my body knows how to physically feel anymore (laughs) you know what i mean yes and like even today i'm like well depending on where i am around portland i feel like i'm just gonna start wearing a mask again and i i just don't i don't know (laughs) and i just want it to not be like this anymore and so it's just it's too much i it's uh, yeah, it, it's surreal. It continues to be surreal. I'm I'm taking public transportation to work now, and I mean, you don't take the truck. The truck has done so much for you, Mark. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you need the truck as a clutch, and you have a boot. I, I have a boot. I remember when I had my my cast on my foot, and they're like, "Now no driving," and I'm like, well, "How how how much can you hurt yourself by pressing down on a gas pedal?" You know, like that, but. That was less of the point than you can't feel the gas pedal. Mm. And so, and again, like once I was like, I'm just running. My appointment was just down a road for the podiatrist or whatever. And it's like, it's eight blocks. And I pulled onto the street and just like 
fast Lord. and furious style, like nitro engaged. And I was like, oh. oh. So then I learned to drive using my toes, which stuck uh, out over yeah. the cast. So I would just use my toes. But oh my God, I was like, oh, that's not the reason. The reason isn't because it was going to hurt the bottom of my foot. Yes. Uh, yeah. And so talked to the doctor on Tuesday and he said, you know, before you go driving, uh, you know, prepare and then go to a big parking lot and practice. <laughs> so, yeah. Because, because so does it hurt it, right now when you're hobbling around or it just feels weird and wrong? Everything except for the impact point hurts. Weird. So the, the ankle's fine. Yeah. Um, my left foot is carrying is, is receiving more of the brunt of my weight. And so it, is tiring much quicker yeah and it's having to do a little shuffle you know and and things and then my leg my hip because the boot uh, throws your hips off throws your hips off and so um i have to walk two houses down to the bus stop and that's exhausting and then when i get there there's no place to sit or rest and that's the worst part yeah so i have to time it so that I don't wait. You should raise a big stink about the handicap for those. I mean, because yes. I mean, what <laughs> What else are you doing with your life? Make a stink. <laughs> and uh, and so I have to get there just enough time to catch the bus, but not be late. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I remember with tough. my foot and even with my my shoulder, how it hurt for four years like that, like just getting your brain no longer believes that it will be behave normally or like you you won't be aware of his existence and then of course you slowly it you do but it's just it's so the body is so fascinating well in something completely different there's an the ntsc which is the um standard like if you look on the side of a vhs tape uh, that is the american uh format standard the it, it's a really strange article. The NTSC is finally going dark in America. And so a significant event in history happened and it passed so quietly that we almost missed it. The last few remaining NTSC transmitters in the United States finally came off air, marking the end of over seven decades of continuous 525 line American analog TV broadcast. Mm-hmm. So obviously in 2009 everything went digital and the signals no longer worked on your old TVs which is why you had to get the upgrade and or the the transmitter box to decode the new digital code but there were still a bunch of stations that are using the NTSC because it has like an extra channel for them to be able to broadcast on FM radio at the same time right. because things used to be simulcast, simulcast yeah. which I've never, I've never experienced that on radio. Like I think even by the time the eighties happened, there wasn't a lot of, a yeah. lot of that happening. Yeah. But, I, um, but yeah, they used to just, which is a cool, such a cool idea. I think just to be able to tune into your radio and like hear the sitcom. Right. Like that would be so, I, I heard, Somebody tell me, and I forget who it was now, but it's the greatest idea that I'm so mad I didn't think of to tape movies onto a cassette tape when I was a kid to listen to the movie. And that never occurred to me to do. And I'm so mad that it never occurred to me because I would have been all over that. So I did that. Yeah. I I did that with The Room. 
<laughs> and I thought that that would be great because I could learn really the nuanced yeah, lines yeah. and everything. The problem with that is, is I, I didn't edit anything. And so for like the first 20 minutes is this all the established <laughs> establishing scenes. Sex of, scene. Oh yeah, that's right. The terrible grunting <laughs> and moaning. And it just sounds like pigs fighting in a, <laughs> in a bad sty. You know, and you're just listening just... <laughs> to that on the bus. <laughs> And oh so, my gosh! That is uh, and so I so, quickly shut that down, and, so and I never went back to edit it. <laughs> you know, just... <laughs> your your headphones slip out of your computers. It was just playing all over the bus, <laughs> just listening to <laughs> people humping it out. <laughs> oh hi, Mar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny. Um, and I don't know. Getting back to our <laughs> inexplicably to our NT, uh, NTSC story, uh, if you're an American, you may have heard of ATSC 3.0, uh, perhaps by its marketing name of Next Gen TV. It's an upgrade to digital TV standards to allow more recent video compression technologies. Blah blah blah. I have seen an ad. It's an ad on YouTube, but it's from like KGW or whatever about how. Changes are coming to your TV, you know, come in and make this adjustment. <clears throat> Is that what that's for? Or are they just... I think so. Okay. And, and so I I did see on like the morning news recently on a local channel. Yeah. Them like, visit this website to make sure that your television's ready for the upcoming change. Just like two weeks ago. Yeah. So, Interesting. So that yeah. must be what this is for. So the old one transmitted an analog FM subcarrier. Um, and that they call them Franken FM stations because there weren't a whole lot of them, but they are going away completely after 70 years of continuous use. Two more stories. A device taps brainwaves to help paralyzed man communicate. Oh, I heard about so this. in a medical first, researchers harnessed the brainwaves of a paralyzed man unable to speak and turned what he intended to say into sentences on a computer screen. It'll take years more research, but it's an important step. Uh, the man in the experiment who was not identified to protect his privacy, um, but I imagine if you, I imagine you would recognize him if you, if you saw if you saw him, um, used a pointer attached to a baseball. He used to use a pointer attached to a baseball cap that let him move his head to touch words or letters on a screen. Or some people have used. Uh, I think Stephen Hawking used one that tracked his eye movements, and he would pick out uh, speech on the screen. But that's frustratingly slow and a limited substitution. So uh, a team built on that work to develop a speech neuroprosthetic, which is a decoding brain. You okay? Maybe I need this device to tap my brain waves to help me communicate. So what happened was they, they put all the electrodes on his skull. And then they dealt with very, very simple words first, just like binary, yes or no. And this augmented uh, uh, artificial intelligent data collecting engine was looking at all the synapses firing and all the neurons and all the electricity going in the brain going, if we say, if we ask a question, is your name Bob? And he responds affirmatively then that's what this looks like. Right. And then, is your name Mary? No. 
And then the artificial intelligence looks at all the data and says, that's a negative. Okay, so now let's confirm this with, are you age 64? Yes. Are you age 12? No. And and starts to confirm things. And then they they delved into like the next layer of being able to construct concepts or, right. or ideas. And uh, and they're able to do really basic sentences now, wow. which is, you know, the my biggest fear of the universe is being a full lock in where you're outside, you know, <clears throat> ALS is famous for this of stopping all motor functions, but you're still cognitively all there and trapped in your own body, literally inside your own body. And what a horrible, horrible, horrible nightmare to be in. And this is the first glimmer of a really shocking uh, doorway right. and, and development into that into that technology. Wow, he was able to differentiate between fifty words that can generate more than one thousand sentences. It takes about three to four seconds for the word to appear on screen after he tries to say it. It's not uh, as fast as speaking, obviously, but quicker than tapping out a response and way cooler. Way so, cooler. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's amazing when we're gonna have like the map of our brain. Like yeah. we finally mapped the moon or whatever and being able to, ugh, it's so crazy. Well, one last Oregon story here. The Oregon zoo brings back its train and expands summer hours. Oh, nice. So the Oregon zoo, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Jackie Mason just died, so I don't feel comfortable where we've landed. <laughs> the Oregon Zoo is joining Oregon's reopening with long, longer summer hours, the return of its popular train and insect zoo, and the resumption of keeper talks and animal activities. So here's what we can expect. Extended hours on Friday and Saturdays, with ticket reservations sold until 6.30 and the ground staying open until 8.00. Food concessions will stay open as well. Train rides start Friday, July 9. Oh, a couple weeks ago. After more than a year of spent service, reopening insects, spiders, and millipedes at the insect zoo and regular talks about the mountain goat, the black bear, the condor, chimpanzee, elephant, polar bear, penguin, giraffe, orangutan, slash gibbon. Is that two different things or is that are gibbons? Are all gibbons orangutans? I don't know. Or, I know that I don't like gibbons. They have like the weirdly long arms and they like, I don't know, they walk freaky to me. You're dead to me, gibbons. Anyway, the weekly Ask a Vet session is also at the family farm. So Fun. good news for that. Masks are optional, but capacity is limited. And visitor, visitors are encouraged to reserve tickets online ahead of time at organzoo.org slash visits. It's $24 to go to the zoo. Sounds that like fun. is the end. Oh, and the mermaid. 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 Do you know more about mermaids? I do. Merman. <clears throat> Merman. So, um, Una the mermaid is a as a friend through Weird Portland United, uh, and so Weird Portland United, um, local organization keeping the spirit of weird alive in uh, the city of Portland. Uh, they are collaborating and. Uh, 
and co-promoting this event. It'll be down at the Portland waterfront and it is this coming Saturday. Uh, so uh, I think I get to work at the booth. Yes. Oh, it'll be so nice to be back doing a thing safely behind a booth thing. And so, uh, July 31st, 2021. Cool. Uh, you can check out more information at the Portland mermaid parade.com. It's not technically just a parade. It's more of a water, uh, waterfront gathering, uh, more of an experience in the, in the, in the COVID, uh, area of uh, the world and um hi- historically they've had just a parade and this is more of a okay at the waterfront i'm sure there will be Distancy, parading going yeah. on but uh there's booths and and stuff uh so come on down check out uh, portlandmermaidparade.com for more details cool cool <clears throat> well um yesterday at the beach is with a good friend, and he... Is he a better friend than me? No. Because he's dumb, because he was <laughs> watching YouTube videos and got going down this squirrel rabbit hole, squirrely rabbit hole, of uh, conspiracy theories about Earth and the moon. Okay. And uh, he's like, you know, I was watching this video, and the moon... Is probably hollow, <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs> uh, do tell, do tell. And so he he laid out a lot of evidence of things, uh, and so uh, he had watched this video. He sent me the video, and you saw some clips of the video as I was playing it in the mm-hmm. living room before this show, and <clears throat> I was going to go into that because. Uh, my my buddy is a, a smart adult male and doesn't seem to be drawn to conspiracy theories. <laughs> but this had laid out a groundwork that was plausible. And then when you start to really look at the details, you're like, this is all horseshit. <laughs> like, there's nothing here. Uh, and so some of the and so I was just going to lay out like the evidence and then we could poke holes in it. Um, and the more I, I did that in preparations for this, it was kind of boring. Uh, and so, um, the, are you telling me the mood is not hollow? (laughs) So they're, they're claiming that because when, uh, it, as the Apollo missions landed on the moon, they left behind seismographs to measure, uh, any, uh, uh, variations in any movement within the crust of the moon and then on subsequent missions as the impact of the landing and the impact uh, that the noise that gets made uh, upon leaving the moon rung like a bell for hours on the moon measured by these seismographs and when when something oscillates in inside a you know and so imagine uh you know a beach ball and you have sensors on the beach ball and you tap the beach ball and it makes a little pinging sound or whatever you could do the same thing with a solid item and it would also make a ringing right. noise like if you you can do that with a 
a super bouncy ball kind of thing or, or any other sphere. And so the evidence wasn't scientific evidence. (laughs) It was more about, well, you've heard bells sound and they're hollow. This was ringing like a bell. A bowling ball doesn't ring. (laughs) Right, right, right. And so, uh, the, the, the assumption was the ass- that only bells ring. Right, right. And and that's just not true. Right. And and or well, the the moon was placed here artificially because it happens to be tidally locked and that just doesn't happen very often. Right? right. And and it does happen very often with larger planets. Now, this part does sound like I am your friend. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and so the, you're telling him, you're not dumb like my other friend who doesn't understand why we only see one side of the moon. Right. <laughs> uh, he, I mean, he, he actually asked me, have we ever seen the other side of the moon? Okay. And, and, uh, and so the answer is yes. yes. We have satellites that not with our own eyes (laughs) not with my eyes but other humans have been to the far side of the moon and we have satellites that go to the far side of the moon Uh, so all these things are like literally they were laying the groundwork for the moon is exactly like the death star it just has dirt on the surface and so it's it's a it's a it's a intelligently designed spaceship that's hollow on the inside. So it's not just hollow. It's not just hollow. It is purposely hollow for a hollowed by a, a master race civilization. Okay. And so the reason it's tidally locked is so that they could do all the nefarious things oh, on the right. far side and not ever seen, be seen by humans. Right. Uh, and, and so the, that's where all the spaceships fly in. Right. But you're like, okay, well we've been over there, there now. <laughs> So it's okay. Yeah. We've got maps of the whole moon. We've got maps of the whole moon. You can go on Google and see it. Uh, That's so fascinating. Yeah. And so uh, we were going to do that. And then uh, you and I got talking about uh, a... Well, before before we we transition, I have another moon fact. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know if it's a fact, but something that I was watching on YouTube. But it was about how it was kind of, it was, it was kind of the whole, like, why is there life on earth and not everywhere else? Blah, blah, blah. What Mm. ingredients do you need to have all that? And it was going through about when the earth was formed, it had a lot of the ingredients, but one of the things that is super vital to life is phosphorus. Okay. Which I didn't really realize. I didn't either. And the moon apparently full of phosphorus. And so the theory is that, um, the earth was kind of mostly like the other planets or whatever, but then the moon was its own kind of projectile. That's what smashed into the earth causing a breakage. And that's why it's tidally locked. And like, there's all this stuff and, and that's what brought phosphorus to earth as the kind of that final Mm -hmm. ingredient of pushing things forward. So I don't know how, Maybe the scientifically did that too. <laughs> it didn't crash into it. They drew, it was a, it right. was, they, they just drove sp- into it. Sprinkled it over. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So phosphorus. Yeah. Just look into it. I'll, I'll take a look. <laughs> but, um, over this last week, I've been watching and rewatching this video and kind of sharing this video with friends and, and the video and the premise of the video is not perfect. Uh, and so I want to lay out that you could, cherry pick this information and get similar make a hollow moon out of it and make a hollow moon out of it 
But um, what I wanted to talk about is the four turnings. And uh, the four turnings is a book about the patterns of time, specifically in the uh United States. This is not a worldwide phenomenon uh, for... Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, and so and this is time meaning history time, like history years. Time. Yeah. And so different... Different... Um, cycles. Different cycles. Different... Um, like the European community ha- has their own cycles. Uh, oh, interesting. And, and so everybody has their, their own. These are specific to the Anglo-American seculum uh, or the the history period. Seculum? <laughs> I don't have that don't, on that. I, don't, sorry. Oh, I should do that. I Sorry. <laughs> I barely knew her. Um, <clears throat> a seculum is, uh, in, in this book, a period of about 80 years. And it sometimes varies uh, in the last... Six seculum, seculi. <laughs> the the most recent three are eighty one years, eighty one years, and eighty two years. The previous three to that that go back to the fifteen hundreds uh, range up to a hundred and three years, and okay. so it's so eighty to a hundred years ish. And uh, each seculum is this about a lifetime worth, about eighty years worth of time broken into four generations or turnings and each of these turnings is a major uh era or evolution of human consciousness and what we're doing and society society in the american society so and each one of those is about 20 years so within each 80 year epoch or whatever seculum seculum then there are 20 20 years, 20 year turnings, turnings within that. So little yeah, generations. Of yeah. And so we think of, of uh, generally we think of 20 year periods as being a generation. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this book lays out how this, this current seculum that we're at, this current 80 year period that we're at ends in about seven years and uh, in 2028. Uh, and, started at the very end the the victory of world war ii which about 80 years ago um yeah more Uh, or less in 28 it'll be yeah so the the first uh generation is from the end of world war ii until jfk is killed in in 63 and so that first uh, about 20 year period are when the baby boomers are being born and and starting to you know, uh, come about as humans and that period is the high and so you have the least disparity of uh, the least amount amount of financial disparity between the rich and poverty you have the most um, financial stability cultural stability you have a lot of uh you know big successes and so this was the baby boomers 50s uh 60s um at the beginning of the 60s the norman rockwell yeah yeah and so uh 
the person in the video literally says, this is what the um, make America great again. This yeah. is the period that they're, po- they're pointing at and yeah. saying, you know, the 1950s wife in the kitchen uh, making food for the nuclear yeah. family and um, <clears throat> and everybody's white and, and happy. Uh, Wears petticoats. <laughs> exactly. And then from 63 until 84, until the, the second term of Ronald Reagan, this was the awakening. And so this is when Gen X, when we were born, and it's when the baby boomers were the adults doing things, and they call this period the awakening. And so this is when Bob Dylan was rising up and and had his most influence. This is <clears throat> um, a ton of cultural change uh, in terms of race and and gender and the, yeah, the '60s. We had the Stonewall riots and and uh, you know all of the music and, and transformation going on in in the '60s and '70s, coming out of the Beatles and into the seventies where you had, you know, the Rolling Stones and, and Fog and Hat <laughs> Meatloaf. Um, Fog Hat was a real thing. It happened. it happened. We can't ignore our history lest we repeat it, Mark. <laughs> Never forget Fog Hat. And um and and so that's the awakening. And so that's Gen X in our our current turning. And then um the next period is from 84 until 2008. And so this is the unraveling. This is when increased tension, more disparity between rich and poor, uh, you know, uh, social unrest, and things start to unravel. So you have uh, gangster rap and... Uh, in 9-11 and, and it just occupy wall street t- tension building up yeah. and doing all those things. And then in 2008 starts uh, the period, a 20 year period of crisis. And so that's when occupy wall street comes oh, okay, up sure. and uh, but you know, pandemic and uh, Afghan war and, and just, just so much um, turmoil and division and, and division. And- and so in, excuse me, in, uh, in the period of uh, unraveling, the major generation were the millennials. And they, the, the, that third turning is the period of heroes. And so the millennials are the heroes of, of the period uh, coming up coming up and so the crisis so yeah just the four the four 20 year periods within that 80 year chunk to reset there's so the first 20 years is high the second 20 year chunk is awakening then unraveling then crisis so that's those are the four things within the big 80 year chunk right and so we have the uh baby boomers gen x millennials and gen z and okay yeah and so the millennials are the heroes and they, you know, the first line workers for the pandemic and uh, the uh, Sandy Hook respondents yeah. and and they're they're merging as, hey, guys, uh, this place is messed up and we need to do something about it. 
that's the millennials. Right. And Gen Z is the artists. And and so uh, you and I were talking about this a, a little bit before the uh, before the podcast. I'm working with a Gen Z uh, leader of of a company, and they're literally making a product that is art based for a massive online consumer augmented reality system. And I understand all the technology and I understand the the concept, but for me, it's like Minecraft in that I'm not attracted to it. I don't quote unquote get it. Yeah. I understand it, but I don't get it. Like why are people doing this? Right. I don't understand why anybody would spend more than 10 minutes on Minecraft. Right. It's there's millions of people that spend many, (laughs) many hundreds of hours on Minecraft. And it's an incredibly addictive, uh, massive winning game of, of this generation. Right. And, and that's an example of these artists awakening. And so the Gen Z are the artists and they start to, shift the conversation uh, about what's going on and and how to reframe it and how to get past all of the chuff that the three previous generations put in place from there. So if we look at that 80-year period, we can also see almost a mirror image of the previous 80 years from the be- from the end of the Civil War to the beginning of World War II. And you've got um, similar 20-year cycles of high, awakening, unraveling, and crisis. And, you know, in, in the 1930s, mm-hmm. you, you had the uh, disparity, you had the the, the same level. We, we continue to compare this decade to the 1930s. Right nationalism and Nazis and and all the things. And, and the world was in crisis and ended with world war two. And we are kind of on a similar path and we're trying to figure out like, is there a war going to happen? What will the crisis will be be the major, major is COVID the crisis is a war, a crisis. What is going to count for a crisis for our right. And you know, losing, losing 600 and, 600,000 people yeah. in the United States, um, yeah. much more around the world, uh, eclipses the body count from World War II. And so um, you could count that as a, as a significant right. crisis. The but American body count. The American, yeah, the American right. body count. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's... Um, and as I mentioned, like you could cherry pick any kind of information from 80 years mm. of experience and, and lay out our own uh, cause and effect and, and whatever. Right. So this isn't a, an exact science. Well, and I, when I was first kind of internalizing the message and of course, you know, history repeats itself as something that we all know. And, and something that I just wrestle a lot with because, and I think I've said it before, but how history repeats itself, not because we're not learning it, but because we refuse to, recognize and understand our place in it yes like none of us think we're the bad guys 
Of course. Like we watch, nobody identifies like, oh, I guess I'm the Darth Vader of this. <laughs> no, we think we're the heroes. Always. And so when people are all for us, we're like, look at the support. When people are all against us, we say, I'm the noble one character that is fighting against the system. So that's one of the reasons. But also like within these, even within the 20 year chunks, there are what feel like four different things yep. because we have the high of the late nineties, the dot com boom. The, we get the awakening of September 11 and the war in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. We have the unraveling of the stock market in 2008, yep. leading to all the disparity there. And now we are facing the crisis, not only economically again, but of COVID and all of this stuff. So yeah. unemployment and yeah. yeah. And, and, um, in this period of crisis where the artists emerge, one of the things that I've seen so many times on Reddit and TikTok uh, recently is the trend of, well, I just spent 18 months out of work, uh, you know, or working from home, and I've recognized that I don't want to go back to what I thought was normal. Right. And I don't want to continue that cycle. I found out that I'm a really good dressmaking artist or or whatever. And so I'm going to follow my passion and be focused on my soul instead of my productivity. Right. And uh and so we're like 20 to 30% of the workforce is responding that way. We talked to people I had book club this morning and one of the ladies is a manager and she literally like they're working at 60% capacity with uh 110% of work. And so they they have increased right. their business and they are unable to hire more people because nobody wants the job. Right. And uh <laughs> and so we see these signs of uh, a gas company, uh, a prominent gas company in Texas is now offering real livable wages and a 401k and everything to the to the, entice better workers to entice better workers. And they're, they're well, now, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and uh, and people are like, I'm so confused because how can you stay in business and provide a living wage? And you're like, well, we did it before. We could probably do it again. And uh, and that circles back to the the uh, quote by Bezos as he was getting ready to go to space. He's just like, I just want to thank all the Amazon workers and all of the Amazon employee uh, customers because you paid for this. Uh, and, <laughs> and now every- I had I had seen headlines re- kind of referring to that. And I thought the because you helped pay for this was like just kind of a a summation of like a, no, a he, snotty look at what he said interpretation of what no, he no, said no no he said uh, and you because you paid for this uh, <laughs> and, and so and yeah and and we all did like uh, yeah I, I, with our lives and earth I did right <laughs> and um it it was such like a Andrew Carnegie kind of, um, I, I'm a trillionaire mentality Mm -hmm. of 
well, I'm only doing this because the world has granted me this privilege. Right. And, um, and Jesus Christ. Right. You know, just come and on. they had to nerve, they had the nerve Amazon. I'm speaking to you directly now. Jeff Bezos, as you tune, turn, tune into your weekly dose of the Mark and Todd cast, they had the gall to take down not nerds affiliate link. Oh, so shame on you, Jeff Bezos, which is uh, between like something like that. I know that's kind of a dumb example in my YouTube channel being taken down. Not my new one, but my, my other ones freaks me out because not because of, of specifically those two things, but knowing that at least with my government, I am guaranteed a the errance of the airing of my grievances or whatever the redress <laughs> of my grievances. But you, there is no way to get a hold of Amazon when they nope. yank something like there just isn't right. And that is freaky because pretty soon that's going to be who supplies our electricity or who supplies our heat or this. And you just get an auto re- uh, returned email saying, so sorry, we, Promise we took a second look and we haven't changed our minds. So you are no longer a customer. Uh, what's that? That's that's part of the crisis or the unraveling. <laughs> it's one of the two. It's one both. of the two. It's not a high or awakening. That's for sure. <laughs> but I, that the 80 year cycle we're in then ends kind of at the end of this decade, perhaps kind of giving it a couple years, which does mean we are on track for another high. Except as we were talking about this time, the threat isn't kind of just an existential one where we can kind of all change our collective minds about something and fix it because now our crises are kind of unstoppable (laughs) things like climate change where we can't just like make an ideological change and have it be okay two years from now. So is this, the crisis of a bigger epoch before right. or like what right. what churn of history is this right and and you know we don't know and um but we're we're literally right in the middle of the 20 year cycle of of the the crisis period. yeah i guess you're that's true we're just and i've said this to the kids before too it's like the the wave has crashed. I mean, this is just yeah. like waves coming back into the water or right. the, back to the beach. We are in the midst of the wave crashing. Right. So even though there is order and direction and all of this stuff right now, we are in the chaos swell of that happening. We'll get evened out again. We'll get thrown up on on yep. our awakening beach or whatever. But right now, everybody's just kind of hold on and and churn through some of the discomfort i guess is the is the because time does is sick is cyclical but it does heal all wounds as they say so this is a one minute and 37 second clip uh of jeff bezos after the he said it after he the, came back the flight okay. and so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens here maybe are you plugged in i am trying to play and hold on are we rejecting we're gatekeeping jeff bezos he's shut down our wi-fi 
Where aren't our servers are Amazon, aren't they? Is that, isn't the that National where? astronauts, oh, there we go. the crew of New Shepard. Congratulations, all four of you. Jeff, what was it like? Was everything you imagined? Uh, I'm going to answer that question, but just real quick. Please. I, I want to thank a few yeah. people. Um, first of all, all of the engineers at Blue Origin who have toiled hard to get this done. The people who build the vehicle, all of our manufacturing people. This is a big team. They've been working on it for many years, and they have done an extraordinary job of building the most reliable, most beautiful, uh, most fun, I mean, most dick shaped. I'll get to that in a second. Vehicle. Um, and we owe them a deep uh, gratitude. And uh, the people who kept us safe today, who operated the vehicle, our trainers, everybody. It's just huge. Uh, I also want to thank the town of Van Horn. This is a small and How long was he up town. in orbit? Um, and, Seconds. Uh, you know, we're making a, it wasn't a in dent orbit. in it. Right, I know. And we appreciate you uh, for allowing us to be part of your town. And uh, and then I also I want to thank uh, every Amazon employee and every Amazon customer, because you guys paid for all of this. <laughs> so seriously, for every Amazon customer out there and every Amazon employee, thank you from the bottom of my heart very much. Uh, it's very appreciated. We offer you this bottle filled with pee that we were unable to evacuate into the bathroom, Jeff Bezos. Exactly. If only we had your space suit, which I'm sure you were able to urinate freely into. Yeah. Then, so, so there he goes. Wow. But he's not an astronaut. So he's not I'm an happy. Astronaut. Take, that. Take that. I don't think I've ever really heard him speak before. He, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's all long. pumped with adrenaline having right. just... I guess not gone, not gone to space, but fallen really fast around Earth for a while. I saw a documentary, I think it was 99, uh, of uh, there was a 60 Minutes interview with Jeff Bezos in 1999. Oh, wow. That's really good to watch. Yeah. And uh, they talked to him for a long time during that time. And I was so inspired by him at the time. And I have lost, he's lost all his luster to me. It's almost like money ruins everything. I know. All right. Well, on that. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Market Podcast. <laughs> oh, yes. I guess there is not much more to say. Other, um, many, I'm going to see what. Oh, my autofill. I'm typing this into YouTube. Money ruins relationships, <laughs> everything, family, friendships, marriage, football. But whatever uh, money ruins friendships by Ty Dolla Sign is going to be the um, what I love it. <laughs> the thing that takes us out today. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, do your best to survive. <laughs> Take a couple deep breaths. Things are cyclical. It won't be like this forever. I tell myself trying to <laughs> keep my spirits up. So thank you for listening. We will talk to you guys later. Um, oh, you're not playing into here. no. I'll just. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> Oregon Jew says. <laughs> Todd, I'm finding. Todd will find something and uh, call us out with that. All right. Thanks everybody. Bye.